Welcome back to another edition of the Purple Light Podcast. This is the ninth episode of Purp Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This is Jamie White joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman. Today we're going to be talking about Champions League, NFL, free agency, and trades, and some news around the NBA. All right, first we're going to head over to Tyler Zeman, who's going to give us some news around the Champions League. All right, so some pretty big stuff happened uh, around the Champions League last week. We have the probably the front runners, I would say, in Real Madrid going out um, in the knockout stages to Ajax. Ajax came into uh, Real Madrid. They needed a goal or two, actually, to put them through um, to, to the next leg. Instead, they came in and scored four, and that was the end of Real Madrid, who were pretty poor uh the past couple of weeks, like leading up to this game, they just haven't been on top of their stuff, and uh, it's it's been seen as a few days ago they brought in a new manager, Zidane Zidane, their third manager this season, so not a surprise there. And then moving on, Dortmund and Tottenham. Tottenham had a three zero lead coming into this one, uh, and Dortmund they were just the weaker side all around this game or that game. They were very sloppy and for needing three goals they they played like they were going through uh with a zero zero result tottenham come in uh late and harry kane does what he does best and scores goal scores a goal for them pretty much putting the putting the tie out of hands for dortmund um moving on we have porto and roma pretty big upset roma traveled to porto uh a portuguese side and Roma was winning uh, the tie coming into this leg, but Porto come in, score three goals, and it ends 4-3 um, on aggregate, and Porto goes through. Now, the big game last week on Wednesday was PSG versus Man United. PSG beat United 2-0 um, in the first the first leg of this game, uh, which was surprising. Man United were really good under Solskjaer. And they're still good, but marching into this game at in Paris, United came in with a depleted side. Paul Pogba was suspended. Jesse Lingard was hurt, as well as uh, other big names. And I think four people, four people on the United side made their Champions League debut in this game, which is pretty significant. Man United uh, needed three goals to go through. They got three goals. PSG... Uh, Scored one just to make the game more interesting, but the tie ended 3-3 on aggregate, and United went through because they had more away goals. And then you know, going to yesterday's results, uh, Man City just being the dominant side. What at, at, and No matter who they play against, 7-0 against Schalke, um, it wasn't surprising that they won. It was surprising by how much they beat Schalke. Uh, 10-2 was the aggregate score, and Man City go through to the next round. And then the big game yesterday, Juventus versus Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid walk into Turin, Italy, to play Juventus up 2-0 um, in the tie. And Ronaldo, honestly, you can't bet against this man in the round of 16. Scored a hat-trick um, uh, two years ago, I think it was, to put uh, Real Madrid into the... The next round, they ended up going on and winning the Champions League that year. And then Atletico Madrid, um, they've been very solid defensively. And it was just shocking that they conceded three goals. 
Ronaldo, of course, got all three, and it was very interesting because Juventus probably could have beat Madrid by at least uh, six goals. It could have honestly been 6 nothing. Two goals were waved away, and uh, they just had a multitude of chances Juve had to to pretty much rack up the goals on Atletico Madrid. And that was that. And here to talk about the NFL and the trades that have happened in the past week is Jamin White. All right. So first off, just keeping it local, Antonio Brown, star wide receiver for the Steelers, has expressed his uh, need to get out of Pittsburgh and has demanded a trade. People were uh, sort of debating where he was going to go. There were several – at first there were several teams that were seriously bidding on him, the Saints – um, the Titans, the, I think the Vikings came into conversation. Um, eventually, Antonio Brown sort of scared off teams with his antics. He was initially going to be traded to the Buffalo Bills. He immediately went to Twitter to say, I'm not playing for Buffalo. Uh, a couple of days later, it was announced, and he announced that he was going to go play for the Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, for Pittsburgh fans, obviously, we're losing a huge star and we really didn't get anything out of that trade. We took a huge hit on the salary cap uh, because of Brown's enormous contract. Um, so we're probably the, we're easily the losers on that trade. I, th- I think Antonio Brown has enough talent and a, a great enough work ethic that he's going to be productive. I don't think it's going to be the same form. Derek Carr is obviously not as good a quarterback as Big Ben Roethlisberger. And Oakland's a super in a super tough division in the AFC West with Kansas City, the Chargers, and Denver. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I don't think it's going to be Randy Moss going to the Raiders. I think it's going to be more like Jerry Rice going to the Raiders. You know, good, not great, but, you know, for him, I think it's the situation he wanted. Um, and, of course, the long absence of Le'Veon Bell has finally – he's finally sort of – come out from under his rock. He dropped his mixtape last night and uh, has announced that he is signing with the New York Jets on a four-year deal worth, I think, $51 million, which is $20 million less than he wanted from the Steelers. Uh, nonetheless, he's in a new city as well. I don't think the Steelers are going to suffer at all. Um, the players sort of made a mockery of him last year, going through his locker, taking his cleats, and... Um, James Conner emerged as a great running back. And even when he wasn't a great running back, Jalen Samuels stepped up because any running back can be a star behind this line. And I think Le'Veon Bell, he got the market, he got the money, but I think he lost. I think he probably could have stayed with Pittsburgh and played for a championship team. But I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? I mean, I I feel like only one of these teams or one of these players will see the playoffs, and I think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell with his Jets. I mean, the Jets have really, like, put the pieces together uh, besides signing Le'Veon Bell, and they've they brought in other potential uh, on offense and defense, so they're really starting to bring in the, the, the puzzles. I mean, now on the West Coast, the Raiders are still over there with John Gruden saying they it's hard to find a good pass rusher even though they just traded away Khalil Mack so right. it, it it's questionable uh ownership and stuff I mean but they're they're looking for Vegas and honestly I think that's kind of what Brown was looking for he wanted that west coast star studded you know area to live um and the lights of Vegas obviously to come in the, the next years so um 
But I think, personally, I think Le'Veon Bell had the better move to a more playoff potential team. Not Super Bowl potential team, but just, just making the playoffs and keeping keeping like them hungry each year to keep working harder in his four years he has in New York. Yeah, and I think more than ever, the AFC is sort of starving for a real contender. You know, Tom Brady is going to do what he does, whether Gronkowski comes back or not. So they'll probably they'll, they'll be a lock for the playoffs, let's yeah. be real. I mean, it's nice to see these new teams, like, emerge as playoff contenders and yeah. add to the drama. Like, la- like, last year, we never talked about the Jets. We talked about them getting a first-round pick or a high pick uh, in the – in the draft, but you know it's it's nice to like have these new teams come in every year and mention them so often. It keeps it keeps it fresh. It does. But speaking on that, the new team on the block may be the former one of fifteen and then zero and sixteen Cleveland Browns, who just traded for Odell Beckham Jr. signed Kareem Hunt about a month ago. So they uh, uh, traded away Jabril Peppers, star safety, but nonetheless. What does this mean for the Steelers? Uh, the Steelers aren't the best team in the next 75 miles. Yeah, well, it's very interesting, isn't yeah, it? Personally, I think I think the Steelers have lost their kind of a reputation of team to beat in the AFC North. I think I think that's the Browns now. With all like the stars you look at, young quarterback Baker, Baker Mayfield, young running back Nick Chubb, and then obviously their insane wide receiver core. It's just it's so hard to and not pick them uh, to win the AFC North. Um, the Ravens trade away, traded away key pieces on their defense and, you know, a young quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who hasn't really showed much success other than helping the Ravens get kind of, uh, get kind of a chance to, to have a, a super, season. yeah, a decent season, kind of help save their season uh, with, Joe Fla- uh, with Joe Flacco not performing. And then the Bengals, who are just sitting over there quietly um, in Cincinnati, not really making any trades and not really like... They're the Bengals. They're not going to win a playoff game. Yeah, they're, no, they're just over there kind of quiet in their corner while the Steelers are losing two offensive stars and they're kind of rotting away in, in the division. Well, And then the Browns coming in with this fresh look on offense and a young, good defense. Yeah, and in, the, in this weird circle that we're all sitting in, we can all agree we're Steelers fans, right? Yes. But this Steelers way, this building through the draft, not making any moves, is bullcrap. It hasn't worked, you know, 10-plus years. It's been, what, nine years since we've been to the Super Bowl? Um, so That was eight. Eight, well, it's coming up on nine. 2010 was the last time we were there. Yeah. So... We're sitting ducks. We haven't done anything. We've won, sure, but at what cost? We haven't had high draft picks. We haven't made any huge signings. We probably won't, you know, as long as we have the same core management. But I don't know. Browns are feeling dangerous. The Browns, yeah. honestly, I don't know if they're the team to beat. I would say they're more like the team to watch. They like, they're going to be very entertaining to watch. I will mm-hmm. admit that. If they, they can, if they can pull together uh, – Keep a keep consistency. Have a good chemistry throughout the season. I think they can be really dangerous. Like they're definitely a team to watch, and if they can just get it right, they they could potentially have it all. Yeah. All right. Lastly, we're gonna head over to Adam, who's going to talk about the controversial fan incident between Russell Westbrook and the Utah Jazz. 
Yeah, uh, there's really not much news around the NBA this week, but this is a relatively interesting story. Russell Westbrook, we obviously all know, he's a very hyper-competitive person. And recently, he's had a lot of run-ins with fans. He's had one last year, he had a run-in with one in Denver. This year, he had two in just the last week. The little kid touched him, and he, he turned around and acted like the kid hit him. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. And then the fan in Utah, which I, I kind of do agree with the NBA. They did fine, Russell Westbrook, and... and uh, and they, the Utah Jazz kicked the fan out, and they banned him from ever coming back. So that's probably a good decision, as if you look, the fan did have some some controversial tweets on his Twitter from about Russell Westbrook from a little while ago. So it's kind of just interesting to see how, like, because in basketball, fans are extremely close to the players and can mm-hmm. definitely interact with them a lot more. Like, in football, if if a fan wants to actually, like, do something to a player, they have to go all the way down to the field, and yeah. odds are they're not getting past they security. Get at least a hundred yeah. feet. It, but if you can, if you sit really close, like even second or third row seating, it's still extremely close to NBA players to where you could, they could still hear you easily right. if you were to yell at them. So it, it's, I don't know, go go talking about the man's family like the man did. It's not, you can't talk about someone's family. It's just not, it's yeah. just not a good thing to do. Whether even if Russell Westbrook wasn't an NBA player, that's still, you know, it's not acceptable for anybody, really. So it's just a weird story because you're starting to see that maybe the NBA needs to take a little bit more precaution and maybe protect its players a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it also brings up, you know, what's allowed for fans or because if fans aren't allowed to maybe sit that close, they might not pay as much. And then, you know, that hurts the NBA's profit. But you know, it's something the NBA, I'm sure, is going to have to look at during the off season. Yeah. And something very similar came into question Monday morning. You were talking about, like, what's the right way to react for Russell Westbrook? Probably reacted the wrong way. You know, it was a high-pressure situation that was unfortunate uh, for both sides. But what do you do when you're Conor McGregor and someone wants to take a picture of you and you snatch up his phone and break it and then you get arrested? You know, it's like these are all high, super high-profile athletes who have to deal with this on a constant basis. So at some point, like, the notion probably is, like, enough is enough. Like, I just want to live my life, play this sport, you know, do what I do for a living. So it's very unfortunate. It's probably hard for us just as fans to sort of put ourselves into the athlete's mind. But, I don't know, very unfortunate on both occasions. Yeah, uh, like, I feel for Rus- for Russell Westbrook. I mean, a lot of players around the NBA have taken his side on things, which means there's... there's someone... And it's not easy to take uh, Wes Westbrook's yeah, side. No, it is not. Yeah, at, uh, on, this, on this topic. So, I mean, they have to experience some type of effect from the fans streaming at them and whatnot. But I think, honestly, I just think it's a wave... Um, Fans have, like, been interacting with sports for the last, like, week. There's been a lot of big things. Like, you mentioned Conor McGregor and then Russell Westbrook. And then over in Europe, there was a fan who ran onto a field during a a rivalry game and punched one of the players in the face from behind and got fined a bunch, suspended uh, from all stadiums in England and all this kind of stuff. But I just – I think it's one of those ways where it's just – like in uh, not like anything connected like all these events just happened at the same time and there's just nothing that you know the players can do about it it's a creepy way to tie it all up though yeah it's very interesting 
Thank you for listening to another edition of the Perpetite Podcast. This has been Perp Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This has been Jamin White, joined by Adam Goldsbrand and Tyler Zeman, now signing off.